Uh, welcome, friends, to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. Uh, thank you so much for downloading. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. I'm glad that you're here. If you're not subscribed in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, in Stitcher or one of those other um, podcast tools, please do that and leave us a rating review. That is so helpful. Um, today, our guest is, I'm excited to get to know him a lot better through this conversation. He is happily married. He is a number one bestselling author and global entrepreneur, which I'm interested in hearing a lot more about that, and a life to the full expert, Evan Money. Evan, welcome to Halfway There. I am excited to be <laughs> here, Eric, beyond belief. I love that. Uh, a life to the full expert, man. What does that mean? Well, that's taken me a long time to discover the the final verbiage, but for someone who is constantly reading the New Testament for the first time, <laughs> ah, I love that. Um, I those words really resonated with me, and it's like, okay, I came, I came so you could have life to the full, and I was like, all right, so what does that look like in Los Angeles? To an entrepreneur, to someone who homeschools his kids, to someone who wants to romance his wife constantly, what does that really look like? And the more I peel back the layers, I discover that, first of all, everyone online looks like they have life to the full. You know, if you look at everybody's posts and everything, right? It's like, wow, they're living large. Look at this. And then when you actually meet them, you realize, oh, they're really not. And then you look in the church, and I would say 99 point whatever percent of the people in the church aren't living life to the full. So I really kind of dove in to say, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And then I realized it was like, you know what? We all get to be the conductor and the composer of our lives. And we get to create what life to the full looks like. So for me, life to the full looks like my bride and I get remarried in a different state or country every year. And so I've had 23 yeah. weddings, Eric. Woo-hoo! That's fantastic. And a- and actually, it's it's more for me about the honeymoons. I've I've had 23 honeymoons too. I love that. Oh yes. So I <laughs> I wanted I wanted to repeat that experience more than once. And I was like, uh, okay, this this is definitely part of life to the full. So how can we recreate this over and over and over again? So I, I can never understand why a guy wants to settle for just one honeymoon. But with that, <laughs> for me, life to the full is multiple honeymoons having fantastic sex with my bride, having amazing children that we get the honor of homeschooling. And that's a, a, a blessing. And it's also work as well. And then how do I have an entrepreneur lifestyle, but where it doesn't run me. So we have a home office. And so I realized life to the full is kind of your own, you get to compose your own music, you get to conduct and put it all together. And so yeah. I, spend a lot of my time now helping other faith-based entrepreneurs and other people saying, hey, let's figure out how to create your life to the full. What does that look like being authentic to you and your faith? Wow. Okay. So is that your business? Is, is helping helping entrepreneurs do that? So that is one aspect. We have multiple, gotcha. multiple revenue streams. I have other traditional businesses in the extreme sports world, paintball, airsoft, laser tag, I have another business in the synthetic turf world. So we have multiple revenue streams, but I get tremendous amount of joy and impact from watching an entrepreneur with the lights go on of, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, we really can do this. And oh, wow, look at this. Yeah. And so that's why I'm looking to spend more and more of my focus time 
for a, a larger kingdom impact of, again, helping others with life to the full. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. Okay. So I think we're going to have a great conversation. I'm excited to hear a lot more about how you came to this place, because that sounds like it's a real journey with God to, to get to a place of life to the full. So why don't you tell us, uh, where did you grow up? You're in Los Angeles now. Did you grow up there? Or is that a place that you came to later? Yeah, so my bride and I are, are pretty unique. We're both born and raised here in Southern California. And so we're an anomaly, an, 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 an anomaly, because <laughs> uh, most people are here, there, everywhere, or one's from here, or one's separated. And I, I love sharing this quick story about, you know, you get the, the typical, right? You go to church, you get married, then you go to the young marrieds group, right? You kind of <laughs> grew up a little with them. And whenever the holidays came around, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, the, the running question was, so where are you guys going? And we're like, you know, 25, 26, 27, you know, mid 20s. We're like, we're losers. We're not going anywhere. You know, my, <laughs> my parents just live down the street and mine around the corner. And then as the kids started coming oh, and yeah. all the baby paraphernalia and the car seats and all that. And pretty soon we're like, Everyone's like, where are you going for Thanksgiving? You know, like dragging the bait. We're like, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we get to stay right here. So the, the table, we, we got the blessing on the other side of, you know, what? we got this pretty good. No joke. Wow. As somebody who moved immediately, we were married one, one Friday night and then we were moved away out of state the next Friday night and never lived in my home state again. I can appreciate that and how beautiful <laughs> that probably was. Wow. That's so great. Okay. So you grew up in, in Los Angeles. Did you, did you have a, a faith background? Like, did you apparently grow up going to church or what was that like for you? Yeah, it's, I'm still looking back and peeling back some of these layers. So what was interesting about growing up was we, early on, we went to a private school and yeah, I think it was just one of those you know, you don't know what you don't know, and it's just you kind of grow up with it, so it's just kind of there. And I don't ever remember anyone actually laying out the Gospels and mm. kind of what Jesus did for us. Maybe he did, but from kindergarten to sixth grade, maybe just wasn't, you know, there to receive it. But so, again, in that world, but we never went to a church, which is interesting. So yeah. I think a lot of people just, well, send my kids to Christian school, but... Um, Never went to church. And then later, I didn't realize it until later, but found out that my mom was really big into Est. A lot of people may or may not be familiar yeah. with that, but Est turns into Joy Spring, into Life Spring. And now there's uh, there's spinoffs of that today that are going strong. But a lot of uh, what would be considered back then, it's so interesting, what was considered 30, 40 years ago woo-woo is now standard practice vocabulary in the church. Interesting. So, well, yeah, so some of that was, was, you know, just normal personal development mixed with a little woo-woo, uh, mixed with some general spiritual truths. Uh -huh. um, and some of the stuff is, is fantastic. Some of it is just like, whoa, what the heck was that? Yeah. Um, but is, so is my that, mom was – oh, go ahead. Well, is that like law of attraction kind of stuff or is that like what is – I don't know anything no, about this. No, this was like pre-law of attraction. This was more just oh. about uh, – really about – personal development and how you grow and how you look at the world and hey just because this is what's true for me is that what's really true right or is this just kind of a story i'm telling myself okay. like oh i'm not good at this and no, no. but basically just calling yourself on your own stuff 
Mm, okay. Uh, is really, yeah. And so with that, though, it kind of went down. They have different sects that kind of went down, like different paths. So some mm. of them had like spiritual enlightenment and, you know, it kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And some, like I said, some of it was just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but so my mom was, I would say, very spiritual, but she was just, I think, running from the legalistic side mm. of religion. Yep. And so she kind of painted a, a, a very, a really unique picture for us. And she was big on, because my dad left uh, not too long. You know, I was, I come from a normal dysfunctional family. So yeah. that's the, <laughs> like all of us do. Yep. And so my dad was gone when I was four or five and raised by a single mother. And even today, I think men don't really understand the, the damage that gets done without having a father. Yeah. And so understanding that women can only raise boys. And so there's all kinds of stuff that, that that led to. But just from a spiritual aspect, my mom never forced anything on us. She just exposed us to a lot. And it was one of those, hey, you're going to kind of figure this out. So that was kind of the the early upbringing. Yeah. So how did you figure it out and how did you eventually find Christ? Uh, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> sure, <laughs> so of course. Like, like you mentioned earlier, like, like you're, you're talking about earlier, like this, make it sound like I've arrived. It's like, well, yeah, no, we're still... You know, again, every time I open the scriptures, I'm like, where was that? You know, that wasn't there last year. You know what? Oh, right. my gosh. And so, again, just reading it again for the first time. And um, so I I marvel at, like, you know, quick ADD segue, but our church now has moved into that, you know, really upfront kind of, hey, we're back to basic, seeker-friendly you know, we're real dialed into the new person that hasn't gone to church. Yeah. And a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, well, we want these deep spiritual truths and da 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 da. And to those people, I'm like, well, tell me where you are with Matthew five through nine. Right. You know, like how, right. you know, what's going on? You know, are you really praying for your enemies? You know, have you really forgiven yes. your dad? It's like, ah, you want these deep spiritual truths. Let, let's start with actually, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. How about that? Right. So, um, so yeah. again, with that, good. it's a new advent. I, I mean, really it's a new, the more you grow, the more you don't know. So for me, it's this brand new adventure in Christ almost every day, because again, I just look back and realize, wow, I still have so much to learn. Oh my yeah. God. So I'm, I'm still processing, but it's an exciting time to, I don't know, really kind of uncover. Cause there's with technology now, we have so much available and yeah. we get all these different opinions and just listening to every one of your past guests, I think is like the ultimate spiritual journey in itself. Yes. Cause you can just, Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. So I love that. You can delete all those other podcasts. Just dial into this one, <laughs> go through all one. I think up to 150 now go through all 150. And I think spiritually you'll have such massive growth. It'll be incredible. Yeah, it, it is good. But so did you ever have a time then when you, when you like, like, committed your life to Christ? Was that a, was that a thing or was there, did you just do it? Like, well, I want to hear that story. Uh, yeah. You know, the more, I, and this is what I share with people all the time. The, the, and again, looking at some of the past Titans you've had on the show, this may be basic rudimentary, you know, stuff, but I always look, you know, the, the, the Christian movement per se always likes to kind of go in this, we're going to quantify it by how many people got saved. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, we did this youth group, and they come back with the numbers. Okay, 30 decisions for Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to yell and scream and all this. And that quote-unquote decision for Christ, people always act like that's the end-all, be-all. 
Oh yeah. When in when in fact that is the birth of the baby. Right. And totally in Los Angeles, you, you look on the back of police cars and there's all these things like don't abandon your baby, right? Like, hey, because that was kind of the big thing. It's like, so I the whole Christian movement is about abandoning the baby. It's like, you're <laughs> safe, see you later. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. They're this vulnerable newborn screaming in the night, and you're acting like, oh yeah, they're good. So so yeah, I had a moment, I would say, of legalistic, like, hey, come forward at an altar call. Uh, sure. Kind of emotional, get stirred. But then as I look back, I'm like, you know what? Yes, we've made that decision, but it's really the daily decisions I make oh, yeah. of, you know, hey, am, am I really going to connect with God today or am I going to blow him off because I'm too busy right. and I've got a podcast to get to and I've got emails to answer and yeah. I've got this and I've got that. So I'm I'm not too much of a huge fan on this whole like, okay, I made this decision for Christ and, you know, it's like, well, no, that's just the the birth. So yeah, I was... Born in a hospital in San Pedro. <laughs> like, right. well, what have you done in the last 48 years since then? Well, I totally agree. And that's why the show is called Halfway There, right? Because we, we tend to think that there's a place there where we're going to get to. That mm-hmm. it's called spiritual maturity. <laughs> and that place does not exist. It's just we're walking on the road with the Lord. And so, but I, I do think there are these moments that are that can be significant to us and that we each have them. And that... Um, you know, the moment when we discover that God loves us uh, is super important, and it and it is it is worth sharing. You know, as as far as that goes. But I hear what you're saying. So it sounds like it was kind of a legalistic kind of a environment, or was it just no, no, no? You, you just look at just it and go. Me, it was that you know, hey, we've had this one moment. But like sure. going back to what you just said, Eric. Yeah. yeah, this moment that God loves me. But I think if we're all totally transparent and honest with ourselves, in the last week, yeah, and I know I have. I've doubted that 100%. Yeah, Like, absolutely. hey, God, what, why, why are you forsaking me? What, I'm over here. What about me? You know, what's going on? Right. And so, sure, I could go back to that time when, oh, yeah, you know, 25 years ago when I gave my life to Christ. It's like, well, no, it's like, how come I feel forsaken and left and lost yeah. right now? So, to me, I, I kind of look at it as, you know, it, it's really... You know, and I I was sharing this with another group, and a lot of your listeners may be familiar. But if you think about it, all fear, anxiety, stress, all of that comes from when you're thinking about things in the future. Yeah, that that's the only time that will appear is when you're thinking about future events. Well, what happens if and this, uh, you know, and then all um, disappointment, all anger, regret, that all comes from when you think about stuff in the past. And so it's like, okay, how can I be with Christ right now? Yeah. What does that look like in 2018 with Skype and Instagram and Facebook and all of this stuff and running a business, running a family, doing that? What does that really look like? So yeah, for me, it, yeah, it's really more about, okay, right now in this current relationship, am, do, am I doing exactly what God wants me to do or am I having that ultimate power struggle where it's like, okay, God, I'm going to go do this. So go bless me. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, take us into that a little bit. So take us into how you discovered that presence that or the, the value of being present and, and how you practice it. Mm. So for me, I have found just very recently when if I have actually done what God has asked me to do, 
you know, I look at the day and there's all the things that I wanted to get done, right? All the things that I thought were important, all the the money that I wanted to make and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. And then I look at the fulfillment side of like God said, hey, I really wanted you to pour in this person's life today. And when I, I do those things, I find at the end of the day, I'm just like, wow, this was a great day. And gosh, all the things on my side of the ledger didn't really get checked off. Yeah. <laughs> When I did the things that God really wanted me to do, gosh, you know, I really feel amazing. And then those other days when it's okay, I'm gonna get my to-do list and do this and da 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 da. da. It's again not as fulfilling. And it's like, wait, did I miss something? And God, what about me? And where am I? What's going on? And usually, again, those are on opposite lists, so yeah. to speak. But what I like to share with people as far as life to the full and the sweet spot is, and this is a paraphrase of I think it was Max Licato, but Doing things that bring you joy, that's number one. It's got to bring you joy. So looking at you and, it's, and seeing you in this environment, I, I know this podcast brings you joy. So it's Absolutely. doing things that bring you joy, doing things that bring others healing or bringing benefit to others. So bring you joy, others healing, and other benefit, and things that glorify God. And when you can get those three circles right, the middle of those three circles, that's really where it's at. Yeah. And it was like, wow. So what? You know, how can I find more of those things to do? And the other thing I like to share with is life is really about, I believe, is living your dreams and serving other people, mm -hmm. and the and greatness is doing those both at the same time. Absolutely. So it's. Well, tell, how can I live this dream and be serving someone at the same well, time? Well, tell me a story about how you discovered that for yourself. Like, tell, tell me a time when, when you found yourself serving others and, and living your dreams and you went, ah, this is it. That's, this, uh, is, this is who I am. Wow. No, that's, that's been a 25-year journey, Eric, because for a lot of people, I, I remember listening to the, the podcast about, and I'm pronouncing it wrong, is the Enneagram? Is that how you say Enneagram, it? Enneagram, yeah. It's okay. to be a couple, a couple weeks ago. Okay, so pre-Enneagram, and again, I didn't know the Enneagram was so old and ancient, this whole old tradition, but pre-all of that, I think one of the biggest awakenings in the church was the love languages, right? Sure. And it was like, oh my gosh, wow, we've missed this whole thing. Whoa, okay. So you kind of have this love language awakening but really for me, the, to answer your question is I had, to, I had to really learn how to actually love myself because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. So as normal dysfunctional oh, family, dad's not in the house, you know, I'm this confused male, I've got all the shame and guilt from all the stuff in the past. No, I'm this married Christian man, and what do I do with all the shame and guilt, right? We'll give it to God. Well, what does that look like exactly, yes. right? So processing that, but the, the core of it is like, how can I actually love myself? So in order to love myself, I have to understand myself. So the love language is the first one. Oh, I have a love language. Okay, got that. And then you go through like Florence Littower's greatest, right? The personality tree. I'm, okay. I'm sure you're familiar with that one. I don't think I've heard of that actually. Oh, okay. Um, she was like the original with the personalities in the faith-based world. And then I forgot who picked it up and, and changed it into the animals, right? So you've got the golden retriever. Oh, yeah. You've got the otter. You know, you've got the all, all the different animals that represent our basic personalities. And, and other people have Myers-Briggs. So first we discovered the love languages. Then I discovered personalities. Yeah. 
And what I love about Florence's book is she was the only one to dive into having a personality mask. So depending on the trauma that you've gone through, you may have had to put on a mask. So you may have been the hard charger, kind of lion, kind of like leader, but because of all the trauma and stuff's going on, you may have had to put on the mask of the happy fun guy. Yeah. And you see a lot of people just, oh yeah, we're having fun, we're great, woohoo! But deep down, that's not who they are, and they've had to put this mask to protect themselves. So once I figured out my personality, then I figured, you know, my love language, then it was my personality. Yeah. What, the so, next step came with... Hold on, be specific for me. So what is okay. your love language and your personality oh, and sure. your mask? So my love language is, is non-sexual physical touch. Okay. So you have to put the non-sexual part because every guy thinks they're physical touch, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so it's non-sexual physical touch. So that was a big awakening. And then my bride's is acts of service. And so I could never figure out why we'd always have great sex after I did the dishes. I'm like, what do dishes have to do with great sex? Right. And it finally like connected. It was like, oh, she's nice. of service. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes. And so my personality and Florence has these these crazy like PhD names for everything. That's why I like the animals to make it a lot easier. Yeah. But my personality, she calls it the sanguine or sanguine. And that's more of the happy fun. Hey, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Right, and right. How can we figure out how to make it fun even when it's not? Yeah. So that's kind of me, just like, woohoo, you know, I, that, that kind of personality. I kind of picked up on that. <laughs> and then my bride is more of the personality of, hey, I want to put everything in its place. Got to have some order. Yes. How do we put this together? So she had to learn how to kind of live in the eye of the storm and, and put all that together. So those things started the self-love process. And then the next big awakener was uh, now discover your strengths or the strengths finder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a game changer. Yes, yes. And that huge opening of, again, answering your original question. So one of my top strengths was significance. And so I, for a long time, thought I was this closet narcissist and didn't want to admit it to anybody. But I was the one that was like, man, put me on stage. Put me in front of the lights. Put me in front of the camera. This is fun. Let's have a great time. Let's emote. Woo, that was fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. And it was that, okay, well, am I this, again, total ego narcissist or is this, uh, what is this? So when I finally read that significance, it was like, oh my gosh. Okay, so this is kind of the... The, the recipe that God's created in me. So yeah. now going forward with that, how do I use that to find those points that we talked about? So what brings me the most joy? What brings me the most joy is being in front of the camera, being on stage, yeah. I would say entertaining and educating, um, having fun and bringing joy and hope to others. And then it was like, okay, so how do you balance that with what comes with everybody's stuff is the, when the ego gets involved, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, Okay, well, I you know, and then you got that whole process. But those those three books are really the huge twenty five year journey of learning it and then accepting it and saying how does that work with saying hey, you know, like we talked about, what do I enjoy? What brings others healing and what glorifies God the most? And tying in my strengths with that rather than looking at and maybe Eric, you may have this, but it's rampant in in Los Angeles, especially in the United States. There's a disease called comparitis. Yes. And I don't think it's possible to become fully inoculated from it. So so many times I think I'm cured and then it flares up again. Yep. <laughs> right? I, I yeah. listen to some a different podcast and I go, oh man, how come I'm not that guy? Or how come I'm not that girl? <laughs> or oh, how come I don't know that? And the, the comparitis is back and it's like, ah. So 
yeah. there's a constant, I'd say, wrestling match with that of saying, okay, this is who God created me to be. The world doesn't need another one of those. And how do I focus on being the best me? And that's just a daily journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think social media is designed to be the Petri dish in which Comparitis grows, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big Petri dish and there's more and more of them every day. Indeed. And then you get to that tension of, well, how do I do an authentic post without trying to flare somebody else's Comparitis up? And how do I portray, you know, myself or yourself, right? Like how do we put something positive out there without inflicting, right? The comparison yeah. on somebody else. So with me, for those of you that they can't see or don't know the picture, so my hairline definitely does not invoke any comparitis. So <laughs> I, I know I'm good there. Oh, that's awesome. So you've so you had to figure out how to love yourself and how to how to care about yourself. So where did that take you from there in terms of um, cause you started to talk about, you know, that was the, the first piece. Like, so what, what happened after that? Yeah, ah, I think it's, a uh, for me, at least for me anyway, it just seemed like this. And again, my comparison flares up totally when I hear people like, Oh, like Rob, you know, my friend, Rob Decker, yeah. um, who connected us, you know, when he tells his story, I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> he has this. High, this great low, and there's great high, and then it's like dun dun dun, and then God spoke to me, and everything's great, and it's like, man, that wasn't my deal, you know, that wasn't my journey. Although I'm glad I didn't break my back. And, right, uh, yeah. For for the yeah. record, guys, Rob Decker jumped out of a window and almost killed himself. That was that was episode number seventy eight. So go check that in the halfway there archives. You guys can listen to the whole story. He shared. Oh it with yeah. Us. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, that is tremendous. So mine was like this slow. I call it like a. You know, this, you know, you take a 180 degree turn, right? Mm-hmm. Mine is like one degree a year almost, or actually, no, one degree a month. Just yeah. this tiny little, where like a Rob Decker is 180 in one hour, right? right? Mine is like 180 in 20 years, right? Just one degree, a little here, a little there, a little there, a little. I'm like, just give me the grand awakening and all this yeah. stuff. So it took me a long time and it's still work to love myself. And then it's that, okay, now that I've done that, now how do we fully love God? Mm. And to fully love God, this is the big one, Eric, and all the billion listeners out there. If you really want to love God, then that means you have to love people. (laughs) Man. And not the people that are lovable, right? Yes. <laughs> like, let's let's try that deep theology on for a minute, right? So when your neighbor's not acting very lovable, how does one really process that? And that's what brings me, I think, brings me back to my knees every day of this. Okay, God, if, if you really want me to love you, that means I have to love other people. And once again, I've fallen short. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help, me to, help me in this day today. Yeah, absolutely. So what is what, what like what kind of experiences have you had with loving God and, and loving people that maybe would kind of just give us a good picture of what that looks like in your in your everyday life? Well, I'll share this one with you because it's recent and it's something that I I get tremendous joy out of. And then even often in those great joyous states, again, full transparency is I often like, ooh. 
is that okay to be excited about that? Ooh, is, is that all right? Because other people aren't having this, and I don't know. And da, da, da. So you always, there's always that twinge maybe of, of guilt of having all this joy about something. But so back to when we first started the call. So my bride and I, again, get remarried in a different state or country every year. Oh, yeah. And so we, just to keep track of everything, Eric, because we're always wondering like, hey, where were we at number 15? Do you remember number 17? So I finally got my bride a website that had <laughs> all our weddings on it. And originally it was just for her. And then it kind of went public and then took off and became this whole thing. So the website is evanlovessusan.com with all the S's, evanlovessusan.com. So all 23 of our weddings are on there. And a friend of mine shared with me, he said, Ev, you know what? You're the only guy especially in the faith-based world, that ever talks about the upside of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, Christ, in the Christian world, I, I doubt you will find any Christian man talking about all the great sex he's having with his wife. Yeah. It just, it doesn't exist. And I'm like, man, this has to, it, it's like a, um, it's almost like a baby pigeon, right? You, you know they exist, but you've never seen one. Right. Think about that, Eric. Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Nope. <laughs> no, nope. I've, seen, ba I've right? seen baby rabbits, but not the pigeons. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I know they're out there, right? So for me, we decided to go full public and really just sharing the upside of marriage mm. and just saying, hey, we're excited to be the happy honeymooners forever. And just, again, be real public about, yep, we get remarried every year. I have a honeymoon every year. I love great sex with my bride. Life is tremendous. Yeah. And what we discovered is that started bringing people a lot of joy and a lot of hope. Mm. So just recently, I uh, we have a, a big homeschool co-op, and I got connected with one of the moms, gave her my card, and on the back of my card, I have the Evan Love Susan website. And we just found this out just a couple of days ago. She had a... Uh, sit down with my bride and she goes, you know, I was at the lowest point of my life. I had, you know, my husband and I had all these challenges, da, 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 and your website gave me the hope that I needed. Wow. That it was like, look, there really are happy couples. Yeah. There really are people that love God, that have a great marriage, that love their family. And it just gave her the hope and that hope helped her continue. And now everything is turned around her and her husband are now just finally, there was a whole thing with the wedding rings and all this. So she just kind of broke down and shared what an inspiration we were and just gave her the hope to continue. And then that opened her up to let God do work on her and her husband. And now they're fully reconciled and they're going to get the, the ring tomorrow. And just this whole journey, wow. it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so just be, from my decision of choosing to to enjoy my marriage and romance my bride has now given these others hope and hope for their, you know, life to the full in their marriage and just kind of like an example of, wow, look, you, you really can do that. So again, my patented long answer to a, an Eric short question there. <laughs> uh, that's good because it means most of the time is people get to spend and listen to you and not, not listen to me trying to stutter through a question. Um, I love that. And what a cool, idea of marrying your your wife every year. I've never heard of anything like that, but I, I when I first saw it, I thought the same thing. Like this is really uh amazing because, you know, not all of us have great examples of uh families, you know, that are are actually loving, you know, that where mom and dad actually do love each other and uh care for each other in that way. I think that's pretty amazing and impressive. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's kind of the great experiment because we're like, yeah. you know, at our dinner table, the conversation. Oh, and that's actually, that's how my, uh, we got connected to the story I was telling you because my daughter, she was talking to my daughter and she was just mentioning, yeah, my mom and dad are getting married again. She's like, what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, yeah, they get married every year in a different state or country. She's like, what? 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 So, but the, the running talk around our dinner table is, okay, where are you guys getting married this year? Wow. And that wasn't the discussions around no. our dinner table growing Mine up. either. Uh, so I'm curious to see now as they're 15 and 12 and as they grow into adulthood, how that will change them. And, and I can imagine them talking to future as they're courting, right? Well, we're going to get remarried every year, right? Well, that's what my mom and dad yeah, did. Well, right? That was normal for us. It's like, oh, I wonder how this is going <laughs> to carry forward. This, this will be interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting expectation, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, mm. But I will, I will share with your listeners, Jack, this is what, and I think it dives into really our spiritual journey because, yeah. and sometimes we do two. Like last year, we did two. I, I wanted more than one honeymoon a year. So we did two two weddings last year. We did Vancouver, BC, and we did Playa del Carmen in Mexico. So what we've discovered with getting remarried each time that, that translates really to our spiritual journey is when I'm renewing, my bride and I are renewing our vows, we're in, we're in one of two states for the entire year. So the first state is we're planning this fun, exciting honeymoon wedding. Because the first wedding, as you recall, you know, Eric is super stressful. You know, it's like, oh, where's Aunt Martha going to sit? Do we have? You know, oh, we man. can't invite all the people we want because it's too expensive and it's eight, you know, hundred yep. bucks a plate. Da da da. But after that, it's just fun, and there's no expectation. It's just pure fun. So we're we're in a stage of anticipation, like, oh, okay, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a honeymoon, and da, 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 da. and then the next rest of the year is we're on this post honeymoon bliss. So we're in these two states of excitement and joy and, and all of this wrapped around. But when we actually do the vow renewal and this recommittal, it's magical, Eric. There's, yeah. there's a transformation that happens of just like, ah, oh, and you get reinvigorated and reignited and reconvicted all, all over again. And it also helps us with our faith walk because that's part of the deal, right? You know, the bride of Christ and the church and all of that. So yeah, every, that. every renewal is almost like a recommittal and a re, you know, re-altar call, re-coming forward, because I don't think you can commit to a marriage and not commit to Christ. So wow. I think this constant renewal is, a, is, is such a key for our spiritual walk. And of course that you know, everything affects everything else. So I think there's there's so many benefits to it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Besides the great sex. I just, uh, I just hey, want to make sure I put that in there. God bless great sex. I, <laughs> that's fantastic. I was just thinking, you know, I used to say just sort of jokingly that I would never get married again, right? Because mm. it was just so stressful to your point. Yes. Like, it's, yes. that's just not something I want to go through again. But wow, you you actually get married every year and sometimes twice. and it's And it's a good experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. The first one was, uh, but now it's just like, oh, they <laughs> right. all just make up for that. I, and I feel bad. I feel bad for every, I mean, most of the husbands don't care. So to hear you, I, I can only imagine what, what you went through. But for the bride, oh, talk about unrealistic expectations, yes. all this stuff. Da, da, da. So this is almost like a chance for her to let her hair down because it's like, I've already done this. We've already passed the test, right? I've already gone through it. Now right. it's just fun and relaxing and joyful. And it's like, you remove those expectations and you focus on the on the stuff that you should be focused on in the first place. 
Yeah, and it's the same oh, with our wow. faith, right? I think yes. so often we have these unreal expectations of, oh, what a good Christian's supposed to be. Oh, amen. And, and, you know, right? Like the, the classic, I still remember my pastor sharing this. He's like, you know, God didn't, you know, God created sex. He's the one. He wasn't covering his eyes with Adam and Eve, right? It was like he invented it, and somehow the world has tainted that and destroyed yes. that. But um, again, coming from that marriage excitement side, it's really, again, really, I think it's, it's tied in and made our spiritual walk stronger. And again, when you release those expectations of what a good Christian's supposed to be, and it's when you really start focusing on, hey, you know, that what brings me joy, what heals other, what glorifies God, and the impact, I think that releases us from those first wedding expectations and the, you know, the typical legalistic Christian expectations, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right, that's some good stuff. So I wanted to ask you because I always like to ask this: Is uh, have you ever had a a time when you felt like God was far away, or that you felt like He was absent in some way, or you just were upset with Him? And tell us that story. Oh, that that going back to our earlier comment, that's it's like a daily, weekly thing. Yeah, I mean that that's why again the comparitis. You know, with Rob, you get that clean cut story, right? Like I'm on the hospital bed, I'm paralyzed, and God says, okay, I finally got you. We can talk now. And it's like, ah, um, so again, to me, it's this, I, I used to read the Psalms and Mm -hmm. think that David was bipolar. Yes. Because if you're like, dude, this, you know, the first verse is, oh, I'm the most blessed forever. God is tremendous. I love you. And then the very next line, God, why have you forsaken me? You're so far from me. And I was like, this dude's a nut. And then I started looking at me and I'm like, man, I, I'm the same way. It's like some days it's like, man, we're together. We're linked at the hip. It's like, I can feel him. It's like, this is awesome. And then the next day, where'd you go? You know, what, what happened? So I'm kind of in that, that daily of gosh, God, I, I want this, this certain experience all the time. And then wondering, is it like, okay, am I not listening? Or is it one of those things where I need, what do I need to work on to connect with him? Mm-hmm. So I think part of it comes from, you know, I have these dreams and goals that God's given to me, but I kind of want them to happen this way, or yeah. the way that I see it, right? Right. And God obviously wants to do it his way. And it's like, well, wait a minute, God, what's what's going on here? You know, and I, I think there's for me, there's that tension in wanting it to happen my way. And of course, I can go run off and do it my way, right? And then what happens? It's like, hmm. Or I can have the patience and the peace to trust God and say, Okay, you know, if if you showed me what exactly what we're doing, right, then it's not faith, right? So right. you know, to me it's that that daily battle, not really battle, but daily wrestling match of faith of what I want, my ego versus what God's saying, hey, slow down, let me show you, do it my way. And so, yeah, it, again, it's a daily thing. I, I would love to have a Rob Decker story, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a good point. There, there is a, I don't want to use the word tension because I'm not sure they're actually in tension. There, there's an oscillation back and forth between um, f- having no understanding yourself, which I think is, has been kind of a theme in, in your story so far, understanding yourself and accepting that and embracing it in a, in a full way and yet surrendering it to God, right? There's this idea in spiritual formation of a false self, 
right? Mm-hmm. We, we can create this false self and decide this is who we are in order to uh, foster acceptance. Or there's all kinds of reasons that, that we do that. You talked about the mask earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. But if we find our true selves and we submit that to the Lord, sometimes it is go and do this and you go and do it with, the, with everything that he's gave, given you. Right, mm-hmm. because that's what he wants you to do, and sometimes it's wait, or I want you to do it in this weird way, or whatever, yeah. because he because yeah. he's like that sometimes. Um, but it's still a an embracing of your own personality, but in submission to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and the you know the classic definition submission is you know under the mission of yeah, and and of course I would stand up and go yes, I want to be under God's mission with a asterisk as long as it's in the way that I want, right, right, right. I want it to but be. So yeah. It's I that. guess what I'm saying is even that asterisk is not necessary because he made you for that yeah. purpose. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's, yeah. we don't even have to try to reserve that. Hey, well, I want this piece for me. Yeah. It's yeah. no, God made me for this and he's going to use me in the way that he wants to. Yes. And, and so even that is in some ways a surrender to, Oh yeah. To kind of yeah. his, his thing, his, Lordship, I guess, is the best way to put oh, it. Oh, no, I'm I'm with you 100%, and it's easy to talk about. It is. It's well, a lot harder yeah, it's to like do. surrender to you, Lord. Then when it, then when it's my surrender, it's like, uh, and that's my asterisk, right? It's just, uh, that's true. Like, maybe, maybe not. So, yeah, that's that's my journey right now, for sure. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about kind of your business and some of the stuff that you're doing now, because I know that you're doing some, it looks like really impressive stuff, so I'd love to hear about that. Uh, well, I think it's really about for the listener, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, radio doesn't kind of exist anymore, right? It's like, what is radio, right? We got satellite radio, oh. you, know, guys, you got this, but the, the classic, you know, I learned from Zig Ziglar, everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM, what's in it for me? <laughs> so for the audience listening, what's in it for you is if you're as an entrepreneur and you're someone who loves God and you're kind of a, in a, in a faith-based entrepreneur world, and you're saying, hey, you know what? I've, I've have some things here, but I know there's more, or I'm really looking for someone that kind of understands the, the tensions or the oscillations of, hey, how do we fully embrace faith and business and entrepreneurship and life, you know? And how do you, you know, my classic William Jennings Bryant is many, many men can build a fortune. Very few can build a family. Yeah. And so my thing is about saying, hey, life to the full is having an awesome family, having a tremendous relationship with your bride, having great sex with your bride, having a thriving business and to where there's no such thing as balance because balance doesn't exist. You can only create harmony, Um, you know, the Mm. the classic, right? Oh, the work-life balance. Well, there's no such thing. So having creating harmony that kind of creates this life to the full. So as someone who's an entrepreneur, someone's listening to that and that resonates with them, they can check out evanmoney.com and we have coaching available. We have, you know, what I call spend the day with Evan, which has really helped a lot of entrepreneurs break through because sometimes in a coaching thing, it kind of gets drawn out and sometimes just a, Hey, a one day immersive breakthrough can bring tremendous healing for people. Yeah, And then we have our, our gold life groups where I always share with people, hey, you can trade in your old life and come to the gold life. But in order to have the gold life, you got to put the capital G God first. And what does that really look like? Right. It's easy to say, oh, yes, God first. You know, it's like, yes, but so how do we really put that together? So the evanmoney.com website 
kind of puts that a lot of that into together. And so we have a, a lot of different programs for those that are listening. And again, on a marriage side, there's a lot of people that say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, I, I love that marriage stuff you were talking about. So you can actually, again, check out evanlovesusan.com. And then we have a whole happymarriages.net website where we do uh, marriage seminars and retreats and things like that. So lots of stuff going on to help empower and bless others with all the mistakes that we've made and all the things that you know we've found out. And it's like, hey, here's a great recipe that I think you guys can use. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's fantastic because all the stuff that you just talked about, people can go and get more for themselves. And uh, if they're inspired by it, guys, friends, go out and check that out. Um, as always, halfwaytherepodcast.com has links to everything that Evan just mentioned. So you can check it out there. One, easy to find place. Um, oh, yeah. Or you can uh, you can always go just directly to those links and uh, find it as well. That's, man, Evan, thanks. I appreciate your story. Thanks for sharing so much with me. I'm inspired to love my wife better. That's for sure. Yay! And that that's good. And uh, I, I love it. Anything you want to leave us with? Sure. So I would just encourage anyone listening to say, you know, again, from an entrepreneur standpoint or just to, to chime in what you talked about, Eric, and our, our men's sharpening group. We, we talked about this last night. You know, we always talk about, okay, I want to create a fortune or I want to build this business or, you know, I want to build the funnel, right? Yeah. I, I want to create this and do all this. And yeah, we understand that. I want to make my mark in the world and I, or I want to, you know, the classic, you know, pastor cry. Oh, I want to save all these people and do all this stuff. But what if you really said, hey, I want to get really good at romancing my bride. Yeah. Or for some people say, I want to romance my wife. What if you said, what would that look like if I got really good at that? If I put all the energy into my marriage that I am into fantasy football or, <laughs> right? or all the energy I'm okay. putting into something else. What if you just really said, hey, what would it look like to be really good at romancing this incredible gift that God has given me. So I would just encourage the listeners to say what, you know, imagine. So for the guys listening, I challenge you. What would that look like to challenge yourself to say, hey, I'm going to get really good at this and imagine the returns from that. And then of course, all the women listening, you definitely can rekindle the true love that you have had or thought you had that you thought is lost. It's still there. So the true love does exist. It is possible so I just want to encourage and let everybody know that, again, he came so we can have life to the full. Mm. Amen. I love that. Evan, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate your time, Eric, and great questions. It's been fun. Bye.